Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm ready! Alrighty then. What is up, my millennial fam? Giacomo Thalay here with another installment of Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. Today, I feel like talking about Shrek. DreamWorks Pictures invites you to a land of fairy tales where an unlikely hero ah! You definitely need some Tic Tacs or something because your breath stinks! Rescues a fair princess You didn't slay the dragon? It's on my to-do list. From a nasty villain Eat me! With the help of his trusty companion. This is gonna be fun. We can see up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. The not-so-jolly green giant made his way onto the big screen in 2001. And for a lot of us, this was a childhood favorite, especially those of us growing up in the late 90s to early 2000s. Shrek is, to this day, a classic. Just a few months ago, AMC Theaters ran a series of older DreamWorks films, and my girlfriend and I went to go see Shrek. And, like, even to this day, in 2020, it still holds up. The humor and satire is biting and just really edgy, yet it still doesn't ever lose that sense of heart. Fuzzy, warm feelings that you usually attach to a fairy tale, although, Throughout the entire movie, it is kind of telling you like, yo, this isn't your typical fairy tale. But at the end of the day, eh, it serves a similar purpose, just by a different means. Now, unlike other episodes that I've done of this show where I talk about movies and go through the plot, you know, scene by scene, I'm not gonna do that. Y'all have seen Shrek. Y'all probably love Shrek. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. What I'm gonna be focusing on more today are some facts about Shrek that maybe you don't know as well as some memories about the film and the character that I personally hold on to, and maybe some of you do too. So to start off, let's go back way before Once Upon a Time, back to when DreamWorks was founded. Producer John H. Williams got a hold of the book Shrek, which was written by William Stieg in 1990. Now, I didn't actually grow up with the storybook of Shrek, but after reading a quick synopsis online, I found that the movie didn't actually directly adapt the story, but pretty much carries that kind of irreverent spirit about it. The rights to the movie were purchased by Steven Spielberg back in 1991, and he actually had the intention to make this a traditionally hand-drawn 2D animated film, not unlike what Disney was putting out around that time. Now, it was around this time when Spielberg had the rights to the movie, he wanted to cast Bill Murray as Shrek and Steve Martin as Donkey. Later on, the style of animation would change even more drastically when it was planned that this was actually going to be a CGI slash live action hybrid with the animated characters being portrayed with an early form of motion capture. For those of you who aren't familiar with what motion capture is, you've probably at least seen some examples of it. Some prime examples of characters who are motion capture are a lot of the work of Andy Serkis. He played Gollum in the Lord of the Rings and Caesar in the Planet of the Ape movies. And the way that motion capture works is you have an actor in an actual studio on a set with these little tracking beacons placed all over their face or maybe even a full wardrobe and it captures the actions of the actor and translates it into animation. As a millennial, I can say that one of my favorite Christmas movies is The Polar Express, and I'm sure a lot of you grew up with it as well. 
that sort of style of animation that came out back in 2004, that's what they were going to use for Shrek. So eh, it's kind of hard to say if that would have worked really well because technology during that time was really hit and miss. You had some really great visual effects with stuff like Jurassic Park, but then you also had crap like the monkeys in Jumanji. So it was really new technology at the time. Don't know if it would have worked, but I'm glad with what we got. No! Layers! Onions have layers. Ogres have layers. Onions have layers? You get it. We both have layers. Later on, it was actually revealed that not only was Mike Myers not the first choice for Shrek, he was far from it. As I had mentioned before, Bill Murray was being optioned off as the voice of Shrek. Nicolas Cage, people, was offered the role of Shrek. Here's a clip from the Today Show back in 2013 where Nicolas Cage was on there promoting his role in another DreamWorks animated film, The Croods, and explaining why he thought he couldn't rock the role of Shrek in contrast to his role as Grug in The Croods. Yeah. Is it true that you turned down Shrek? Uh, yes, that is in fact uh, true. But there was a report that it was because you thought the character was ugly. Well, that's got to be crazy. Well, the, the news said it was because of vanity. I think that's a bit strong. <laughs> um, but no, the, the truth is I'm not afraid to be ugly in a movie. I mean, have a look at Adaptation. I'm as <laughs> ugly as a turd coughed up by a cat in that movie. <laughs> but, but I must say that when you're drawn, in a way it says more about how children are going to see you than anything else. And so I care about that. I want kids to look at Grog and go, well, he's a little scary, but he's a big teddy bear. And I wasn't sure I could do that with Shrek. It was later decided that the role of Shrek would go to the late, great Chris Farley. Chris Farley, of course, was a legendary comedian known for his sketches on SNL. Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. You're going to be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river and roles in films like Tommy Boy and Beverly Hills Ninja. Although Chris Farley's dialogue didn't make it into the movie, there was some leaked footage and audio of an early draft of Shrek that got released in 2015. So here's a clip of Chris Farley as Shrek. Why are you blocking? I'm not blocking. Then why do you have problems expressing your wants? I don't. I want you to shut up. See? No problem. You're just displacing your anger. Believe me, it's properly placed. You're really mad at whoever did this to you. No one did anything to me. Yes, yes, yes. Someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this. Breakthrough. Sadly, Chris Farley passed away in 1997, shortly before finishing all of the recording for Shrek. So rather than try to complete the project without him, DreamWorks moved forward in recasting the character. Mike Myers was later recast to play the role of Shrek, and when he first recorded it, he actually did the entire thing without the Scottish accent. The Scottish accent was actually something that he thought of doing midway through recording the entire film. And later on, even though it did cost some extra funds to re-record and rewrite and reanimate some of the scenes in the film, Steven Spielberg, who was a producer at DreamWorks at the time, thanked Mike Myers for making that little twist because he thought it brought so much more life into the character. At the time, DreamWorks Animation, unlike Disney, was a pretty fresh new face on the scene. They only had four movies under their belt before Shrek. Ants and the Prince of Egypt in 1998 and The Road to El Dorado and Chicken Run in 2000. Ants and The Road to El Dorado both kind of 
veered into that PG-13 territory while still being a PG movie for family audiences to watch. In fact, The Road to El Dorado was originally conceived as a PG-13 film, but we'll talk about that when we talk about that movie, which I'll get to at some point. And the same goes with Shrek. Jeffrey Katzenberg, who had just left Disney on bad terms to form DreamWorks Animation, didn't exactly want to go the full adult route that the director, Andrew Adamson, was really trying to go for, but they were at least able to strike a nice little balance. And it provided for something that, by today's standard, is pretty tame and sort of the norm. But at the time, in 2001, we weren't getting a lot of irreverent, kind of jokey animated movies. They were usually following the Disney princess formula. And really, the only other exception at the time were the slow emergence of animated movies based on TV properties, like the Rugrats movie. But it was because of this kind of edgy nature about it that Shrek was able to do a lot of things that a lot of other studios wouldn't even try, especially taking major shots at the Disney Corporation. It's rumored that Lord Farquaad is kind of based on Michael Eisner, who was the head of Disney at the time, the same guy that had a big falling out with Katzenberg, leading to him starting DreamWorks Animation. I'm looking at a picture right now online of Michael Eisner and Lord Farquaad side by side, and the resemblance is pretty much there. I can see it. It would have to be a coincidence for that to not have been the case. Even the way that Duloc is portrayed in the film is kind of a jab at Disney and its theme parks. The lyrics, even from the Welcome to Duloc song that Donkey starts playing, kind of seems like it's taking jabs at Disney a bit. Lines like, don't make waves, stay in line, and we'll get along fine. Duloc is the perfect place. That does kind of sound like it's taking aim at a certain house of mouse. Another thing that set Shrek apart from other animated films at the time was its soundtrack. Prior to this, we were getting original songs from like the Alan Menken songbook for the Disney films. But here, they were using songs from pretty much all of pop culture in order to help move the story along. And today, it could be seen as a little bit overused. Like, there are movies that have entire premises based on this. See DreamWorks' other film franchise, Trolls. But this was really the first movie to kind of do that. Do you remember that trend where at the end of every animated movie you would go to, you would have your group of characters, whether it was a musical or not, singing and dancing to whatever pop song was popular at the time, either at the end of the movie or throughout the credits? Shrek was really the first one to do this. While this got like a little annoying and pandering as the years went on, it worked within the world of Shrek. Shrek is your typical anti-Disney film. And how do you get more anti-Disney than by throwing in some good old-fashioned smash mouth? Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Speaking of Smash Mouth, fun fact, the song All Star, even though a lot of people and a lot of memes attribute it 
to being from Shrek. All Star was actually written for the soundtrack of the 1999 comedy Mystery Men, starring Ben Stiller and Kel Mitchell. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. During test screenings, the editors put in All Star as kind of a temp track. It wasn't supposed to be the song that was gonna be in the final film. They were gonna go back and put in either a new original song or find something else. But they had watched it so many times and it fit the mood so well, they had no choice. They had to keep that song in. And it worked out. Uh, Smash Mouth actually did record a song solely for the soundtrack. It was a cover of the Monkey song, I'm a Believer. And if you grew up during this time period like I did, you're probably more familiar with the Smash Mouth version of the song than the original. And then I saw her face. In addition to the pop songs, they also had pop culture references. At the time, animated films weren't really doing that. The closest that we got to that was Robin Williams' Genie in Aladdin back in 1992, as well as a few little pop culture references here and there throughout a couple of other Disney and other animated films. But the Shrek franchise really thrived on that, and it excelled really well in it for the first two movies at least. Shrek was released on May 18, 2001, and went on to gross over $484 million at the worldwide box office. And it went on to win the first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Over the years, there were three theatrical sequels and one theatrical spinoff about Puss in Boots from the second Shrek movie, as well as a series of TV specials and shorts with the characters. DreamWorks Animation had an adult animated primetime sitcom called Father of the Pride back in 2004. And there's one episode that focuses on Donkey, and Eddie Murphy reprises the role. But look, Hunter's having a really hard time at school. See, he's a bit of a geek. But don't you think I had a hard time at school? I mean, look at me. Do you know how many times I had to hear, Donkey is an ass, Donkey is an ass? All right, I get it. They're synonyms. I hate synonyms, Larry. You know what I do love, though? Parfaits. You like parfaits, Larry? But... I remember liking that series pretty well. It was kind of like Family Guy, but with animals. And I remember as a kid thinking it was really cool to see Donkey interacting with all these other animals. I always thought that later on they would incorporate maybe some of the Madagascar characters, but Father of the Pride only lasted one season. In 2018, it was reported by Variety magazine that Chris Melodondri, who was the founder of Illumination Entertainment and who previously worked at DreamWorks, was in charge of rebooting the Shrek franchise. It seems like they wanted to bring back the entire cast from the original film series. So hopefully if this does go through, we will be seeing some more Shrek in our future. Shrek also spawned a Broadway musical, Shrek the Musical, which landed on Broadway in 2008 and went on to get nominated for eight Tony Awards, with nominations including Best Musical, Best Book, and actually winning for Best Costume Design. Personally, I have a lot of fond memories of watching Shrek, going to see it with my parents and watching it with my grandma, who always loved the donkey character, and... It was always a great time whenever I knew that there was a Shrek movie coming out. I also really loved the Shrek 4D experience that they used to have at Universal Studios Hollywood. At Universal Studios Hollywood, take adventure to the next dimension with the new Shrek 4D attraction. They've later replaced it with a Kung Fu Panda one, which, let's just be honest, 
isn't even remotely close to being as good as Shrek 4D. But I do like that they included Shrek and Donkey within that ride too. So a little piece of Shrek has been left behind. Of the five Shrek movies, and I'm including the Puss in Boots spinoff, my favorite one personally is Shrek 2. And as much as I love the first one, Shrek 2 just feels like they upped the ante even more. It had a lot more twists and turns, character development, and overall it just had an even more epic scale to it. I remember that movie being like the hot ticket that summer of 2004. And this movie even led Disney to start kind of aping its formula. We could see this in the trailers for Lilo and Stitch that had the classic Disney movies being violently interrupted by Stitch midway through the scene. Ellie, even friends, then somebody oh. I'll be in my room. Get your own movie. His name is Stitch. And even later on with Fairy Tales with Chicken Little. And that one doesn't even come nearly as close to being as sharply written and masterfully crafted as Shrek. Another thing that I remember about Shrek was the green ketchup. Watch this. Bug on a button. <laughs> Shrek, you eat some funny stuff. It's just green. The new limited edition Shrek Easy Squirt bottles in stores now. I didn't actually eat it myself. It looked a little too gross for my taste, but I know a lot of other kids who probably got a lot of enjoyment in dipping their fries in this green, yucky stuff. And with the advent of Shrek in meme culture with the Shrek is love, Shrek is life stuff, and a bunch of other memes that just have really nothing to do with Shrek at all, but just include him, these memes led to over 200 animators. And these animators range from being professional to amateur. They came together and remade Shrek for YouTube in a project called Shrek Retold, where it's the entire film, but played out with a variety of different animation styles and techniques. I've personally seen clips of this film, and it looks awesome. It's an awesome effort, and I really like the YouTube communities, especially the animation ones, who come together and remake some of their favorite products in their own style. I always think that that's really cool. All in all, it really was Shrek that put DreamWorks Animation on the map. Without Shrek, we may not have Kung Fu Panda or the How to Train Your Dragon series, both really awesome franchises in animation history, and pretty much all thanks to Shrek. So those were some trivia and tidbits about Shrek that you may or may not have known, as well as some memories that I had. Do you have any fond memories of Shrek? Tweet them at me at G-I-A-C-O-M-O. T-H-I-L-L-E-T. Also, be sure to follow Believe Podcast on all your social media platforms. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. Uh, I'm adding a new little segment on my series here where I go on iTunes and check out some of the reviews of the show and read them on the air. This one was a five-star review from World Domination Records. He says, Giacomo Thalei lays it down with heart and keeps it interesting. Probably one of my favorite podcasts so far. Giacomo does a great job of presenting a flashback frenzy of memories with his clear and concise rhetoric, along with keeping things interesting by adding in sound bits. It helps that he's truthful and is talking about subjects he cares about. Can't wait for more. Thank you so much, World Domination Records. I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying the show, and I'm, you know, here every Thursday 
trying to bring you the best in nostalgic memories, especially if you were a 90s baby like me growing up in the 90s and early 2000s. That's what I'm here for, and thank you again for listening, tuning into the show, and giving me a review. In addition to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, we're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and on Believe.com. Speaking of Believe.com, they have tons of awesome podcasts from a variety of different topics that you can tune in and listen to. And if you're interested in advertising your product on Millennial Nostalgia, hit them up. You can contact Believe at Believe.com. If you feel so inclined, please leave a five-star review if you're enjoying the show and tell me what you want me to hear and maybe I'll read it and respond to it on the show in an upcoming episode. I'll catch you back here next Throwback Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.